It's Monday, June 22nd, and you're listening to the Uprise Daily. This is a grassroots effort from activists around the country to compile information about the protests that have been happening in the wake of police murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Our work is by no means comprehensive, and it's all done on a volunteer basis. That being said, here's what happened yesterday, on Sunday, June 21st. St. Petersburg, Florida. On the 22nd consecutive day of protests, two small marches of a couple dozen marched in both the afternoon and the evening. Smaller numbers may have been due in part to Father's Day. Still, marchers managed to take the road and tie up traffic and commerce. There was no visible police presence. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Early Sunday morning, 11 people were shot and one was killed in the uptown neighborhood of Minneapolis, a predominantly white, affluent part of town. At a morning news conference, in a seeming move to weaken the uprising's demands for abolition, the police chief said he asked for the FBI's help in dealing with surging gun violence. He also said that Mayor Frey is looking at the need to reimpose a curfew. Mutual aid continues across the city. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ghost Skate Day was held with the theme of Push for Peace. Several hundred skateboarders and others gathered at UNM and then skated around Albuquerque, calling for an end to police brutality. New York City, New York. Sunday was Father's Day, and in Washington Heights, Warriors in the Garden held a march in collaboration with Kids for Black Lives, ending at the sharply elevated and hilly northern tip of Manhattan, in a natural park, which was also a Lenny Lenape gathering ground. The Leni Lenape are the original human inhabitants of this region. On Sunday morning, a diverse and black-centered meditation event was held in Herbert Von King Park, which was attended by hundreds of people. In the South Bronx, Black Lives Matter activists continued to put pressure on the city with another vigil at the 40th Precinct at Mott Haven, the poorest congressional district in the U.S., to redistribute city funds and to defund the police. Additionally, a mural on Fulton Street in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, was the site of a teach-in and direct-action public forum. And the site was renamed, quote, Abolition Plaza, unquote. 300 people were in attendance. News broke out today that after years of pressure from activist group Decolonize This Place and other groups, the statue of Theodore Roosevelt will be removed from the entrance of the Natural Museum of History. Activists continue to call for the removal of other statues and monuments around the museum. On Long Island today, protesters marched in the town of Babylon for the removal of a statue of Robert Moses, a city planner who effectively segregated New York City along race and class lines. And we have a correction. We reported yesterday that 3,500 cyclists participated in a gigantic 40-block-long bike protest in Manhattan. Sources confirm that a more accurate estimate is between 10,000 and 15,000 cyclists. Asheville, North Carolina. On Sunday, June 21st in downtown Asheville, the family of Jerry Jai Williams and between 75 to 100 supporters joined in a prayer and song session that brought the crowd to march with banners and chants around portions of downtown seven times. They eventually blocked off a street and painted on the asphalt in huge yellow letters, quote, defund the police, unquote, about 50 feet from the police station. There were no arrests. Jerry Williams was shot by Asheville police on July 2nd, 2016, leading to day-long sit-down protests in the police station and numerous marches. Later on the evening of June 21st, 2020, 
Far-right elements, some armed with assault rifles and including local noted members of the KKK, began repainting with blue paint over the DE portion of defund. The bootlickers confronted anti-racist protesters while police stood in the shadows. Eventually, the situation de-escalated as anti-racists washed the blue paint off. On Monday, June 22nd, pro-police protesters returned to confront the family of Jerry Williams to remove the paint. There were four arrests for a failure to disperse, and the situation stays tense as the city is power-washing away the mural. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania On the 23rd day of consecutive protests, approximately 2,000 LGBTQIA Philadelphians led the, quote, Philly Queer March for Black Lives, unquote, calling for justice for Remy Fells, a 27-year-old trans black woman whose dismembered body was found in the Schuylkill River two weeks ago. On June 17th, a warrant was issued for the arrest of a suspect. However, four days later, he continues to elude the police. In another part of the city, Philly IWW organized a solidarity picket in front of the Whole Foods where dozens gathered in protest to protest retaliation against workers, against three workers who wore hashtag BLM pins and masks during their shifts. Two employees reported being sent home last week for wearing items with Black Lives Matter printed on them, and one former employee of the store believes they were fired two weeks ago for making and sharing posts on social media that criticized the store's management for providing free food to police during recent protests over the police killing of George Floyd. Salt Lake City, Utah On Friday, thousands gathered downtown for a Juneteenth festival. Saturday saw a block party as well as a counter-protest against a Blue Lives Matter rally with hundreds in attendance. The block party marched around neighborhoods and did not interact with the Blue Lives rally members intentionally. On Sunday, approximately 50 folks gathered in front of the district attorney's office to demand action to be taken regarding Bernardo's death. The family is requesting folks continue to meet at the DA's office every night at 6 p.m. until action has been taken. No arrests, injuries, or escalation in police presence during all events over the weekend. Seattle, Washington In Seattle, just two days after 19-year-old Lorenzo Anderson was shot and killed inside CHOP, another shooting occurred Sunday evening injuring a 17-year-old in the shoulder who was listed in serious condition after being treated and taken to the hospital by street medics. The second victim, who was wounded in Friday's shooting, is currently in intensive care. Suspects in both instances remain at large. That's all we could compile for June 21st, 2020. For transcripts of the episode, plus an interactive map, go to uprisedaily.com. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing to help us spread the word. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and power to the people.